we've been talking about being true. Being true in 22. And I don't know how many more uh, weeks we may share something along this line, but at least again for today, uh, these were thoughts that I've been chewing on uh, for several days, and uh, I want people to make it. I want you to make it. You know, I don't want to see you 30 years from now, and, you know, my... uh, wife visited her mother's home church, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Raised in that church back in the 40s and 30s. And when you go back to see an old building like that, you don't want to see what met them at the door. And on both front doors of that beautiful edifice were rainbow wreaths. And it just broke her heart. But you know what? If you don't stay anchored, that song was so appropriate, Brother Paul, if you don't stay anchored, if you don't stay anchored, That can happen. That can happen. We have a phrase in verse number one that I'm using just as a place to begin this morning. These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. John 16, 1. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. And some of the uh, newer translations say that you should not fall away. The word is where we get our word scandal, scandalous. And it originally meant a snare or a trap for an animal uh, in the Greek. And so it's translated to, to stumble or to be ensnared, or to fall, uh, pray to. And uh, I see where uh, those translations get it. And so that's what I want to talk to us about, how to be sure that we are not offended, or we don't fall away, or we don't become ensnared with the traps that the enemy is setting for us. Do you believe he's doing that? working overtime to do that. The devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The thief comes but to seek, kill, and destroy. And James said that's exactly what the enemy tries to do. And uh, do we have to be offended? Do we need to fall away? One of the, my favorite lines in the Revelation are those verses amidst all of the calamity. He says, here is still the patience and the faith of the saints. There are still good godly people that are being true right in the midst of the worst of it. And that can be you. And... Uh, I'm praying by the grace of God that I will be in 
in that number. Spoken unto you that you should not be offended or fall away. Let's pray. Father, challenge our hearts with the word this morning. We want an anchor that's secure. Oh, Father, we want to know that it grips the solid rock and that it can stand the assuaging storms of life that come against the people of God that the enemy wants to use to his advantage to ensnare and enslave and trip and get us to fail and fall. And we're praying, Father, that you will just take thy word for a few moments this morning and let it be that that strengthens us to do thy will in all things. We pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. What did Jesus say was going to come? And uh, we've addressed this in a couple of different ways, but because it's in here again, I want us to look at it. They will put you out of the synagogues. They will kill you and think that they are doing God's service. Now, persecution doesn't seem to be so heavy upon us as Western Americans this morning. But... Uh, I don't even want to even say it's coming, but I don't think I have to say it's coming. I, I think you're aware that it's coming. I was reminded again this week on a, a post that it looks like the storm is on again in, in China. Um, using now all of these little cameras that nearly everybody has, and they've found ways to tap into all of those. And so now they, they, they can watch about where everybody goes and know who's going to church and who's not. And so they just get the camera feeds uh, off of all these places. And uh, now they have facial recognition, don't they? Until that computer, you just thought you were walking into Walmart and... Uh, they can just pull that off and say, this is Joe Blow. And uh, find out where you live, and that's what they're doing. They're using this technology to round up preachers and people who are attending uh, what they thought maybe were underground or private uh, meeting churches. And um, great persecution, a new waft of it going on there. And we, we, it gets sometimes easy for us to shove it off and say, well, that's not happening here um, we're here this morning enjoying uh, uh, freedoms and, and whatever. But it doesn't take you very long before you begin to find out what they do have in their sights and what they are headed for, what they would like to see happen um, to churches right here in America. But uh, persecution and suffering. Thank God we're not being killed at the present um, <clears throat> you may have your reputation killed. You may get your job killed. There are some other things that you may lose if you take your stand for truth and right. That can happen. Some of you have probably experienced some of that. And you know what it is for that to happen. Jesus said it's coming. And so that's why I want to talk to you. He said about not falling away. Not letting those things that are going to come on this earth of men's hearts failing them for fear as we read in Matthew 24 for the things that are coming on the earth. I don't want that to happen to you. So I'm talking to you about it, he says. And in verses 4 through 6, he talks about the fact that Jesus was going away. Now, 
I know we have never known what it is to have Jesus in bodily form with us. So the language may seem uh, uh, perhaps a bit strange to us. But how many of you are already missing Christ-embodied saints that are gone from our midst? Have you begun to feel lonely? I read some of these comments, things people were saying about Brother Ward, some of the other saints in recent days that have passed over Brother Jim Reed, and I thought, how, how do we go on? How does the holiness movement go on without a Jim Reed? You know, he's just always been there. He's been a pillar. He's, he's been a landmark, and, and you could count on him, and you could trust, and now uh, these things are being moved and taken away, and Jesus said, they're going to part from you, and sorrow is going to fill your heart. But just because you begin to feel lonely and perhaps begin to feel separated from the saints and uh, those who have uh, identified with me in my way, you don't have to get caught in the snare. You don't have to give up. And I thought as some of these were going and talking to God, I thought, oh, Lord, I'm going to redouble my effort. Brother Reed would count on Tim to be faithful. Didn't know Brother Ward real well. We, of course, share his grandson as Levi, my son-in-law. And I thought, oh, Brother Ward, you stayed true. You stayed true. And when the Church of the Bible Covenant was breaking up because of different directions some of them were taking, Brother Ward stayed true. He stayed true. And then he shifted. And Tyler, he used to teach at uh, UBC uh, in the Bible College there and, and was just a pillar, not a high, flashy, a roller kind of a guy, but he stood for truth and righteousness and you could just count on him to be there and something in me said, Lord, I don't know how many more of these you're going to take away to heaven. Looking at the saints at, at camp last week, I thought next year, will, will he be here? Will this one be here? Are they going home to heaven? But I thought, oh God, if they're not here, I still want to be counted. I still want people to know that Tim's taken the way. I still want people to know that the old-fashioned way is still the way of victory. It's still the path to heaven. It's still the way of the cross that leads home. But Jesus said, I'm going away and sorrow is filling your heart. But the indication is that you don't have to fall away. You don't have to be offended blessed be the name of the Lord so he gives us the secret of what will keep us when these events are happening let's drop down to verse number six I've said these things unto you and sorrow has filled your heart but I'm telling you the truth it is expedient for you to go away for if I go not away the comforter will not come unto you but if I depart I will send him unto you. And Jesus begins to talk about the coming of the Holy Ghost. 
And he introduces the subject here. We're more familiar with it in the high priestly prayer, perhaps of the next chapter, as Jesus prays to God for the sending of the Holy Spirit to come on upon the disciples. And that whole prayer is recorded there because the most desperate need that you have and that I have is for an infilling with the Holy Ghost. And if it's not fresh and up to date, I'm in jeopardy of scandalizing the cause and losing my way and falling prey to the snare of the enemy who is doing all that he can do to get us to fall away. And so Jesus said, I just want you to know you need something more than the bodily presence of me around you. You need something within. You need a fountain within. You need something to promote holy living within. You need something within that's stable and strong. And he said, so I'm going to go away and pray that God will send the comforter to you. Who is the comforter? We know him as the Holy Spirit, don't we? And uh, we call him the Holy Ghost. We call him the Spirit of God. And here uh, Jesus tells us that he is the one who proceeds from the Father. And there are other places that teach us that he proceeds from Jesus Christ who is the one who baptizes with the Holy Ghost. The presence of the Spirit. And what will he do? Verse number 7 begins to teach us why it's important that we have him because he is the one who will bring conviction to the hearts of men, both the saved and the unsaved. He will reprove the world of sin. Do you remember when you were convicted of your sin? You became convinced that you were guilty before God. You became convinced that there was something that separated you from him, that you weren't on your way to heaven, that if Jesus would have come or you'd have been killed, you'd have been lost forever. That power of conviction, one of the things that Jesus said, I'm going to pray because right to the end of the age, I'm going to still be sending him to convict people of their sin. If you're praying for someone to be saved, keep praying. Keep pulling on to heaven because he's still dispatching the Holy Ghost to convict your loved ones of their sin and to bring them to an honest recognition that they're not right with God. And we must pray. But what do we do when he convicts us of something that is awry and not straight? We do exactly what the word of the Lord says. We repent of our sin. And if God deals with us about an issue or an error in our life that has been less than what Jesus would have been, then we humble ourselves before the Lord. Can I tell you, there's some people that are getting tripped up because they thought something that happened 40 years ago and dusted their hands and kind of just went on their way and forgot all about it. But if there's not something in you that's still sensitive to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and he says that was not the right attitude or that was a word you should not have used or, or or that was an attitude that wasn't pleasing to me. You humble yourself and you thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and you say, oh God, I'm sorry. I should not have acted that way. I should not have used those words. I didn't portray Christ in that situation. And you get it right with God. It'll keep you from falling away. 
He said he will convict of sin. He will convict of righteousness. Oh, not just sin and repentance, but of the Savior's righteousness. Jesus wasn't going to be here to live the life in front of them like he had been for those three and a half years. We don't have him here. But we do have the presence of the Spirit to convince us and convict us that you need to walk in the way of righteousness. We don't talk a whole lot about personal convictions because we uh, like to talk about things that are germane to everybody. Scriptural truths that are in the Word of God are for everybody. They're for everybody. And I don't want to go down that road. That row, you, you're, you're familiar with the prescriptives in the Bible, directives that are in the word of God, and what it, is it takes to honor him and walk in obedience to his word. But can I tell you, God knows you peculiarly and all the weaknesses that you have that Brother Cole may not have knows exactly the battles that you're going to face that others in the church may never face. And it's the blessed presence of the Holy Spirit that will bring a conviction for righteousness in you that you won't do this if everybody in the church does it. He'll convince you that this is righteousness for you. The reason so many are falling away today, there's an attitude that says chapter and verse, chapter and verse. I'm going to tell you there's some things I don't need chapter and verse for. If there's chapter and verse, I'll declare it and God help me to be faithful to preach it when it's comfortable and when it's uncomfortable. But I just want to tell you there's some things that God just talks to me about that are keeping me from stumbling, that are keeping me from falling, that are keeping me from being ensnared. And I don't have to say, well, it doesn't say it in the Bible. You can't prove that to me by chapter and verse. No. But I can tell you that if you get on your knees in the place of prayer, the Holy Ghost will come right down to where you are and say, this may not be for Michael, but it's for you. And you'll never be able to wiggle out from under it. I've heard so many people Say, oh, you'll never convince me. And I want to say, have you been in the place of prayer? Have you had a fresh baptism with the Holy Ghost? Do you know what it is for him to talk to you personally? Do you know what it is for him to give counsel to you? Do you know what it is for him to convict you? He will convict you, not just of sin, but of light for you to walk in. And if you have those personal leadings from the Lord, they're not fair game for you to throw out onto everybody else. Amen? You understand that. I hope you understand it. 
but I want you to know the presence of the Spirit. He convicts us of sin and leads us to repentance. He convicts us of the sin nature and leads us to cry out to God against that. I wish you could hear the testimony. I, do you have that, still have that in your phone from Kyle? I wish you could, could, could read it. I don't know. Sister Cole, why don't you get that ready and bring it up here? I wasn't going to do that. Don't have that down as part of the order this morning. But can I tell you about Kyle? He's got a sensitive heart. And you know he sought God here and found real grace and help down at Salisbury Camp. But let me let her read this to you. You just, you just read it, Sister Cole. Praise God. The Lord worked in me today. I didn't know exactly what I needed, but he spoke to me and told me I was in need of full, capital F-U-L-L, -L, sanctification, holding nothing back. So me, Will, and Brother Edwards prayed in his office. Praise God, no more of me. All of him. I've given it all to him. I have never felt this good. In August at Salisbury Camp, I prayed for him to overcome me, but I still had things I was holding back. Now I can fully say, I am fully, all caps, surrendered. Praise God. What am I talking about? The conviction of the Holy Spirit for righteousness to convict you that when there's something that's awry that's not square with God, you deal with it. And if you do, it'll keep you from falling away. It'll keep you from scandalizing the cause of Christ. You're being ensnared in the pitfalls of the enemy. But you gotta let the Holy Ghost come and do his convicting work. Hallelujah. You've not been sanctified holy. You keep seeking him with all of your heart and God will lead you into a crystal clear experience where you know that it isn't God just giving you power over yourself but absolutely being free from yourself. Cleansed from all unrighteousness. Then he said he will convict you that Satan's days are limited, that he doesn't have more power than you. I thought about this, Jamie, you and I have talked sometimes about Calvinist friends that we both have. And they declare that you can never be rid of Satan's power to lead you into sin in this life. And when I read this again, it just grabbed hold of me 
Because Jesus said, fellas, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to convince you that Satan no longer needs to hold sway in you. His judgment has already been pronounced. He's already been restricted. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you're still having bouts of sin and falling after his temptations and going his direction, I want to tell you, you haven't been convicted. But you let the Holy Spirit convict you. He will not only convict you of your personal sins and that old depraved nature of sin and convince you of the path of righteousness and what it takes for you to live clean before God, but he will give you the conviction that there's something more powerful in you than the enemy, that he doesn't need to win. You'll never be able to blame him and say the devil made me do it. God already told us that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to convict you that the enemy has a stranglehold on him and he doesn't have to win the day. If he does, it's that you're okay. The presence of the Spirit, he said, is so important. He's called the Comforter. That's, that's a beautiful word, but, you know, it's one of those that, that the one called opposite alongside of. If you put all of the Greek words that are piled up into that word parakaleto in there, um, that's what it means. The one who's called alongside, that means he's the reinforcer. He's the one who stands by. He's the sustainer. He's the strengthener. Jesus said, I'm going to pray that the Lord will send the presence of the Spirit because you need him. And you need his conviction. Verse 13, you need his confirmation for truth. He will guide you into all truth. And we live in a day when nobody wants to say there's any absolute truth. And that's why so many fall away. If your attitude is works for you, works for me, you're going to be overcome. You're headed for trouble. There is absolute truth. And you need to remember that. And it's written in the word of God. It is absolute. Doesn't shave the corners. Doesn't always leave you comfortable. But it is that that will get you all the way home when you begin to square your life to it. Hallelujah. It is that holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It is the truth that tells us the corners to turn, the forward movements to make, the reverses to make. It is simply the word of God that he will use to guide us into all truth. And sometimes it's the personal wooings of the Holy Spirit when he'll say, ah, ah, ah. You ever heard that? Does he say that to you? Is, do you have that kind of a personal relationship with the Holy Ghost where sometimes he just says, huh? He doesn't have to clobber me. <laughs> He doesn't have to jerk me around. Sometimes he just looks at me. I, I, I kind of grew up with that. My mama could give you the eye, and she didn't have to say a mouthful. There were some times when she made her word good, though, and we understood what it was to be disciplined by mama. But more often than not, all she'd have to do was look at you. It is enough to straighten you up, settle you down. 
make you mend your ways, make a course correction, and the Holy Spirit will do that. He will be there to guide you into all truth until you know you're walking with His smile. You're keeping step with Him. You have a power and a resource that keeps the devil in check, that you're not interested in sinning, that you want to do right, that you want to make it all the way home. And Jesus said, I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit that He will come to you and guide you into all truth. He is the one that leads us. He is the one that is directing my way. Churches change their discipline and manual. I just saw somebody a couple weeks ago that made a course correction in their life. Except it wasn't a correction. It was a departure. And they blamed it on the change in the church manual. Now, we don't have a church manual here. There's probably not enough rules to keep you right that we could put in there if we had one. But I want to tell you, you can get God in your heart and be so content with Him and pleased with Him and you don't want to lose Him that all He has to do is look cross-eyed. All you have to do is sense uh, that the Holy Spirit has been grieved uh, or that He's backed up uh, and you begin to make the changes and say, Oh Lord, uh, I don't want to do anything that grieves you or displeases you. I don't want, I want to walk in your truth. Uh, and you just begin to walk in the truth as He gives it to you. Yeah, here's some good preaching. And we heard some great preaching last week. And that sermon that uh, Brother uh, Sankey preached on stewardship and being dead to the trifles and trinkets and money of this old world, it was convicting. Nobody was shouting him down that night. Uh, no one is praising because they were all convicted. There was a spirit of conviction that just swept across that whole congregation. And that's the way we left. And I thank Brother Sankey. I said, thank you. I know that was a very difficult sermon to preach because you like to preach when people are saying amen. You like to preach when people are shouting you down. It's fun to preach when the truth is elating the hearts of the faithful. But when there's a spirit of conviction that falls upon the congregation, it's not easy that he was faithful to us and the spirit of the Lord was guiding us into all truth guiding us into all truth you were probably there that night Rosemary that night that he preached on whether or not God had everything what we were living for what we were giving ourselves to amen the confirmation of truth it gives us direction for the present. But let me close with this last one. He said, he will show you things to come. One of the reasons you need the power of the Holy Spirit, he just keeps getting me excited about going to heaven. <laughs> he will show you things to come. You want to understand the book of the Revelation? God will help you to get a, a good understanding of the book of the Revelation. Just you and the Holy Spirit. and Let him begin to teach you and to guide you and do some studies and get blessed in your heart. I'm getting thrilled about going home to heaven. Today wouldn't be too soon. But if God leaves me here a hundred more years, by his grace, I'll be closer tomorrow than I was today. And I want to keep heading that direction. But he simply said, he will show you things to come. And so God sometimes helps you to build some, prep some preparation moves. Huh? 
helps you to build some fences for things that are coming that you may not understand now. But just if He leads you, just follow Him. But He's going to show you things to come. I think that means both temporal and eternal. Thank God for the temporal things that He shares with us that safeguard us and hold us and keep us. But He begins to get me excited about going to heaven. And He begins to real, reveal the splendors. You know what we need, Michael? That sermon you preached about 10 years ago. How many of you would like to hear Michael give that again? Wasn't that awesome? I, some of those things still impress me. To think that God is preparing such a place for us. A heaven to be inhabited by a holy people like you and like me because of His infinite grace. It's the Holy Spirit that will inspire a song in my heart. I put some of the old songs about heaven in the chorus book to inspire the saints to be faithful. I like that song. Many people talk about heaven, say they're going there someday, but you can't tell by the way they live that they're headed that way. So you've got to be kind of careful about the things you say and do because somebody's home in heaven may depend on you. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. Look what he said about this. I didn't have time to deal with this. I do want to mention it. Because he said, he will glorify me. And one of the things that the Spirit of the Lord does is get me excited about seeing Jesus. I'm just going to get to do that. I got homesick last week. I, uh, I don't know for the few of you that are on Facebook. I put a, found a picture of my dad and I pushed, put it on there. And I said, I just would like to go have lunch with him today. I, I wish we could go have coffee today or something like that. Some words like that, missing him. Well, I want to tell you, I get to feeling that way about Jesus so many times. I just want to go home to where he is and tell him, tell him how wonderful it was knowing him and serving him and walking with him. I get homesick to see Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord will glorify him. He'll make him look good to you. He won't make him look weird or odd or strange, but he will increase the love that you have for him. And he will flood your heart with the presence of Christ and manifest him in your life because the Spirit will glorify Jesus and he'll make you begin to act and look like Jesus. That's what he's supposed to do when he moves in you. We sometimes sing it, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask to be like him. And I don't know if we always know what we're saying when we sing it. Because sometimes it cramps our style a little bit to be like Jesus, doesn't it? But the Spirit of the Lord will come, <laughs> guide you unto all truth, and help you to make the alignments that enable Jesus to be seen in you. He will glorify me because he won't speak of himself. Amen. Showing you things to come. You need the Holy Spirit. Sister Jeanette, would you come and play something on the piano this morning? I just want you to, if you feel like you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, maybe you've never been sanctified holy, and uh, you don't know what it is to have the baptism with the Holy Ghost and fire, you can have that this morning. But many of you are professing uh, to have it. And uh, if that's true, I bless God for you and thank the Lord for his faithfulness to you. But maybe you just like a fresh infilling this morning. Say, oh God, I don't want to lose my way. There's too many people that have sat where you're sitting this morning.
heard a half a dozen names over the last two or three weeks. Oh, the owls, they used to go to Trinity. They used to come to Trinity. And I don't want that to be you. I don't want you to lose your way. Would you like a fresh infilling this morning? You need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Would you like him to come? Maybe you need to do some repenting. There's some areas he's given you leadership in that you haven't walked in the light of. And you're still trying to get around it. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit's convicting you. You need to keep step with him. Don't fall out of step with him. You'll go astray. You'll lose your way. And I don't want that to happen to you. <laughs> I want you to make it. 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 And more than that, the Holy Ghost wants you to make it. And Jesus said, this is why I'm talking to you guys about this, because I don't want you to fall away. I don't want you to fall away. Amen. 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 Oh, surrendering all to Jesus. Giving him every part of us. Father in heaven, we just ask you to apply this truth to all of us in every way that we needed to receive it. Father, we don't have to miss it. We don't have to lose our way. And you made a way that we wouldn't have to. You told us about it today. You said, I'm going to pray. God would send the Holy Spirit and He came and He came and He came and He's still coming. And would you come to our hearts today? Would you come to your children today in a fresh new way and manifest yourself to them? Give them that inner strengthening, that inner power. Oh Lord, give them the conviction for truth and righteousness. Keep them anchored to the rock. We're just believing you to help us to that end. Continue to let Jesus be glorified in our life. May we manifest you, world without end. We pray it in the matchless name of Jesus and for his sake.